Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Sarah Everman, and she is an associate professor of kinesiology and also an aging researcher. And Sarah is going to join us today to talk about holistic approaches to aging well. We as trainers, fitness instructors, we know so much about physical movement even with the aging population. But what about all those other variables that we can help our older adults with that outside of the training session, they're gonna make huge impacts to how they show up in the training session and how they show up in life. So Sarah, I'm gonna bring you in and have you introduce yourself. Hi Angie, thank you for this opportunity today. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Sarah Everman, and I'm an associate professor in the kinesiology master's program at A.T. Still University, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. You know what? It's great to have you, Sarah. Sarah and I both worked on the women's fitness uh, specialization for NASM, and that's where we met. So I really appreciate all the information that you offer, Sarah. So I really wanted to bring you back on. So you know what I want to start with? Because again, I really feel like as trainers and, and fitness instructors, we've got that movement part down pat. And I think a lot of maybe the listeners have taken specializations and working with the senior population. But let's talk about all those other key factors that tie into working with older adults. Because again, those don't just impact the way they show up in session. They impact the way they show up in life. And so one of the ones that I really want to start out with, because I feel like in this world of wellness, where we're talking more and more about how to be well inside and out, let's start with stress management. Because I feel like we think that as people age, oh, life gets easier, life gets calmer, and what's there to stress about? And, and you know, working with seniors and for all of us aging every single day, I don't find that to be the case. I find that there's still stress throughout the lifespan. It just takes on different meaning and different things come up. So tell me what you think about stress for an aging population. Yeah, absolutely. I think that stress is, even though it's a concept that's hard to define, right? And what is stress for me might not be stress for you. Um, despite those sort of ambiguities, uh, it's a really important concept. And I think another uh, aspect of this is you, you, you talked about aging throughout the lifespan. So when we look at the impact of stress on aging well, I think we even have to uh, step back to before someone might be what we consider an older adult, right? Like this applies to all of us. So I, I think that when people are, are you know, young, uh, let's say in their 20s and 30s, they're relatively more resilient to stress, right? Like this is a generalization, but it, it makes less of an impact. And as life goes on, let's say people are now in their 40s or 50s, and they're dealing with the stress of family, work responsibilities, um, children in the home, that kind of thing. I think that the impact of, of stress, one of the first things we see is it changes their routine. So mm -hmm. when a person was younger, you know, they, they maintained their fitness well, they had a relatively good diet. Uh, but as that stress creeps in, in middle life, a lot of that routine changes. And then when that happens, we don't usually see people get it back as they get older. And I think that 
that creates a huge set of problems, a, a real snowball of people setting themselves up to lose fitness more than they should through the aging process uh, as, as they move into later in life. And so I think that the key with dealing with stress is to have adaptability in life, right? Like we, we would all like to be able to be footloose and fancy free the way we were in our twenties, but that doesn't happen. And so how can you adapt your routine to absorb that stress without it letting, uh, without letting it completely derail your, your fitness and lifestyle routine? I think that's an amazing word is the adaptability. And you know what, Sarah, something came to my mind. You were talking about resilience and kind of how, as a general rule, we're not, you know, we're not trying to put everybody into a certain pocket, but as a general rule in our youth, maybe we bounce back readily. And, and yet it's funny because that key word resilience, I find that to be intriguing because in so many ways, I'm so much more resilient than I was when I was younger because I don't fixate on some of the things that um, maybe I've learned life is just life and I have less control than I realize. And maybe when I was younger, I was under this impression that I had more control. So in some ways, I think I'm much more resilient. I'm more malleable. I'm more like, oh, yeah, yeah, because you have more life experiences. And so what used to seem like a big deal doesn't anymore. And yet in other ways that resilience, like you said, the wear and tear in the body and the mind and the stress over time can become overwhelming. And so I like the word adaptability because whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60, that adaptability is key. We have to adapt to our life changing because all throughout our lives, our life changes unexpectedly. So that then makes, that begs me to ask you this question. How then, as a trainer or group fitness instructor, how do we promote adaptability throughout the ages? Um, is that too big of a question? But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think this this is the question, right? In this the sense of you've got to bend and not break. And what we more often see, I think, and again, in terms of the general public, right? We're talking about the average client who walks in the average gym door. Uh, is they might have been relatively fit and active when they were young, and then some life stressor, something happens, right? They have kids, they have an injury, uh, they get promoted at a busy job, and essentially their fitness stops. They stop their fitness routine. And, and so in, in you know, this analogy, they, they sort of break their routine. And the key here to this adaptability, the, the way to, to combat this problem is to say, okay, look, you're, you're not going to be as fit as you were in your 20s, or at least you're not going to be doing the same thing. And that's okay. But you have to keep moving. And, and that's kind of like the baseline we have to achieve with our clients is you, you have to keep moving. And whether that's walking your dog or, um, you know, doing a 5k, and, and that also only speaks to the, um, the fitness side of things. You have to keep moving with your nutrition. You have to keep moving with your sleep. You have to just at whatever lower level you might have to um, go to for a period of time. Again, let's say you have small children at home. Yes, your routine is going to be different. But we as trainers need to encourage people to keep some thread, however small, of a fitness, of a holistic fitness routine, as opposed to, oh, we're just going to stop doing all of these things while I raise a family or engage in a busy job. And then I'll try to get back to it when I'm 60. That doesn't work. Right. 
Well, Sarah, I want to reintroduce you. I'm talking to Sarah Everman. She is an associate professor of kinesiology. She does a lot of research on aging. We're talking about resilience and how that's such an interesting concept because in so many ways, we're more adaptable than we were when we were younger because maybe we know that there's very little control we really have in life. And in other ways, it gets harder to be adaptable because life takes its, it takes its toll. So Sarah, what I hear you say is we just have to focus on staying with with it, at keeping everything moving, keeping the brain moving, keeping the body moving, um, staying into as much of a routine as we can, even as that routine changes, constantly changing our routine to adapt to the newness, if that makes sense. So I think of all those different stages in my life, like uh, getting adjusted to college and changing the routine, getting adjusted to being out of college and changing the routine of having a real big girl job, and then getting adjusted to the idea of raising kids, then getting adjusted to letting kids out of the home and, and starting a new life. So we have to be malleable. I feel like we're like Gumby and we're like a, a piece of Play-Doh and we're constantly having to, to reinvent ourselves and, and readjust. But what I want to say to that, Sarah, is that as trainers, I think that one key thing that you said, and maybe you, you didn't say it in these words, but what I think I hear is when we're working with adults as they age, we don't need to push um, certain programming and you need to be able to lift X amount of weight. We just need to propose the fact that movement in general is, is ideal. It's great for the body and the brain. So let's just help them move and enjoy movement. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do think that, you know, we have to be Gumby and, uh, it's, I think that's, it's a hard concept for people to accept because they don't, I think, again, kind of talking in generalizations here. And I know this was true for me. So if, if it was true for me, I'm, I'm pretty average. <laughs> I think it's probably true for others. At the beginning of sort of this change of you know I'm I'm not uh, I'm not 20 anymore and and I've got to adapt my routine. My first thought was, this is lesser. I'm less fit. This is less yeah. good. This is you know, is it even worth it? Right. And I think that that thought goes through a lot of people's head. And so instead of being gumby and adapting, they just stop. And another uh, thing that could contribute to that is if they go to a gym and they meet a trainer who says it's all or nothing and they do push them and they say, well, unless you achieve X, you know, it, it's not good enough. And that's, that's definitely not the, the standard we're going for here. We're going for, again, with an aging population, we're going for the standard of you must maintain a lifestyle that prioritizes healthy aging and prioritizes holistic living. It does not prioritize going to the CrossFit games. Like if you can do that and you want to do that, that's great. And you've set your life up around that priority. But for most people, what we see is they maintain relative fitness in their youth just because they're active as young people tend to be. And then something happens in life and they stop Right. and they never quite get it back. So our goal is, as fitness professionals is to encourage people that the, the healthy living uh, thread in many facets must be maintained throughout life. Right. 
Absolutely. It's, it's not a, it's not an either or proposition. It's not like it was, you know, I'm going to just get fit to get ready for this event. And so, and what I find with my seniors is kind of the next thing I want to move into is that sense of community and connection. So I train seniors in group fitness. I also train seniors one-on-one -on -one and in small groups. And one of the definite things, one of the, the key factors is that community and connection, feeling like they belong with one another more than any other group that I teach with my seniors come in, they all speak with one another. They all greet one another. They all call each other my name. They all ask how the other one has been doing. If one of them is missing that week, they're talked about not in a negative way, but in a way that says, hey, what's going on with so-and-so? So there's a true sense of community and seniors need to feel a sense of belonging because the loneliness aspect is one of the most um, you know, being deprived of human connection is one of the best pathways to lose brain health and physical health, right? So we have to find ways to keep that community connection and make it a user-friendly environment where we're not pushing them to go beyond their limits. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, interestingly, movement is such an important piece of this because one way that seniors do get isolated is not being able to engage in movement right like if they're if they can't leave their house easily if if they can't get around easily that creates huge negative consequences mentally and of course physically so i think you know to to the audience we're speaking to here today it's so much about setting up these choices earlier in life and that's earlier in life for ourselves earlier in life for our clients and then of course bringing in uh, our seniors as well to that community. So, you know, when I'm, when I think about aging, I really like to sort of be as preemptive as possible, right? So thinking about people, let's say in their fifties and saying, what are you doing now to ensure that you can still leave your house when you're 70 so that you can engage in that community so that you can keep your brain healthy? Because if, if someone is, let's say 75 and they're homebound, that's a real challenge. Like that's, that's something that um, is very hard to reverse. Right. Definitely. It's all about those decisions when we're young. So Sarah, I want to reintroduce you. My name is Angie Miller and we are with Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm talking to Sarah Everman and we are talking about a holistic approach to aging, not just focusing on physical movement, which is where trainers and group fitness instructors excel, but focusing on how to help our older adults mitigate stress, how to keep it moving and how to build this sense of community and connection and and one thing I was also thinking about with the whole mitigating of stress is just encouraging our seniors to laugh or giving them a platform where they can talk about the stress in their lives. Not just assuming, again, because they've hit a certain age, they don't have any stress, but hey, what's going on in your life? How are your grandkids? How are your kids? How is your spouse? Um, how is your lifestyle? What do you do outside of these sessions that you're with me? Just opening up conversations and dialogue so that they feel heard. One of the biggest things that I hear from my seniors is that they feel invisible, that society at a certain age makes you invisible. So the group fitness floor and the training sessions, this is a perfect time to say, you know what? I see you. I'm with you. I am present with you. You are not invisible, right? Absolutely. And I think that society is, is changing as it should from a culture where people 
had a, a, a job for a certain period of time and then they retired and there was kind of this perception of I'm, I'm done and now I'm going to yeah. hang out and play with my grandkids and, and that's going to be it. And I think what we are moving towards and what we should move towards is a lifestyle where we have threads that go throughout the lifespan, right? Like, so you can start a hobby when you're 60 and you can start um, a new a new Etsy shop when you're 70. And I think that really encouraging people to not see any any transition in life as a stopping right? It's, it's not, I'm going to get to this point and then I can't run anymore, or I'm going to get to this point and then I'm just going to stay home all the time. I think really encouraging people to plan to be doing something throughout their entire lifespan, right? Like, so, so maybe a concept of retiring from a career isn't a perfect one because maybe not everybody wants to do what they're doing in their career forever, but moving away from the concept of this is a stopping point and then there's nothing after that. Mm -hmm. I uh, I think about people like, uh, there's a woman, she's called Hurricane Hawkins and she set the record for the 100 meter dash at the National Senior Games uh, when she was 103 years old. And she took up running much later in life. I think she was in her 70s when she took up running. And it was this mindset that that brought that out where she had finished her career and she wasn't going to just sit around at home and uh, not take up a new mission, not take up a new project. And so she decided to take up running. Why not? You know, it's never too late. And so encouraging our clients at any age to remember to keep those threads alive throughout life. Don't think you're going to, just because your kids leave the home, you know, now, now you can just check off that box and you're done with that routine. No, keep it going throughout the lifespan. I like that idea of threads throughout life. I like that idea a lot because I think that whatever that thread is, if, if you have a passion for whatever you have a passion for, you can nuance that and navigate that in so many different ways. And I think you're spot on. A lot of the aging population doesn't just give up their day career and then put a dead stop to it. And I think the ones that do are the ones that we need to worry the most about. When I work with my seniors, the thing that I find the most often and the thread that I see is the ones who either haven't fully retired, they still have a little bit of skin in the game, or they've started a completely new endeavor. These are the ones that are active, not just physically, but they're active emotionally, they're active in their intellectual um, abilities. And I think that fitness professionals, as you're listening to this, I think really what Sarah and I are trying to say is encourage that. Let them know that you see them. Let them know that you're there with them and encourage things outside of the fitness setting. Encourage these different ways to take a more holistic approach and, and use them as a guide. I learned so much from my seniors. I stick around and talk to them forever. Um, when, you know, Thursday mornings on my morning that I can always count on being late to my next activity because I'm always wanting to kind of pick their brains about what they think about this, that, or another situation because they have age and experience. They're my best resource. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just kind of talking about what, what fun older adults can be reminds me of a study that uh, I did with my colleagues a, a couple of years ago. It was, it was probably the most fun study I've been involved with to date. And this involved uh, studying a group of men who at uh, at the time of the study were approximately 70 years old, the average age of the group. 
and these men had all participated in the Olympic trials or Olympics at the 1968 Mexico City Olympic event. So they were Olympic elite uh, male runners in their 20s, 45 years prior to the study. And then we studied them again uh, when they were approximately 70. And it was, it was such an interesting experience to, to see how these athletes had aged. So a, a couple of things came out of the study that, that, you know, essentially are obvious, right? Their fitness was not the same when they were 70 as when they were 20. It was substantially lower, but they, they weren't real bent about that, right? Like they, they were okay with it. And, and in the sense of to a last person, sort of the, the soft science piece of it, we asked them, we said, you know, how, how have you aged well? Because all of these men, even though their fitness was of course lower than when they were 20, it was much higher than the average American adult of their yes. same age, much higher. And so we said, you know, do you think you're just genetically blessed, right? That could be it. Uh, but do you think you as a person, like you, you know, your body the best, do you think that's why? And every single one of them said, no, I, I wasn't given any, anything special that any other human doesn't have. I just had a passion for what I was doing and I had a passion for movement and I just kept moving and I just never stopped. They literally, every one of them said, I just never stopped moving. And of course it looked different when they were 70 as when they were 20, but the result was they were incredibly fit and vibrant and healthy and um, had such an above average zest for life. Uh, and I think that that is something that is relatively easy to replicate for all of us if we just don't stop moving at whatever we care about, right? Like you didn't have to be an Olympic athlete to just keep going with your passions in life. Oh, that's so good. You know what? I love studies. I, I got all excited the minute you said I have a study. <laughs> I'm over here like, oh, yay. So um, I want to reintroduce you. My name is Angie Miller, and I'm the host here for Strong Mind, Strong Body. And I'm talking to Sarah Everman. And she is an associate professor of kinesiology, and she does a lot of research on aging. And this has been such a great conversation about a holistic approach to aging. And this study of these gentlemen who were, you know, Olympic athletes, and are still very active and, and stepping back and saying, hey, I didn't have this given gift. I just made my gift. Um, I turned it into a thread throughout my life, as you would say, Sarah. I kept going with it. And, you know, one word that comes to my mind is not taking it for granted, right? And, and also not falling into um, society's perception, because I, I, I feel like this isn't necessarily global. I feel like this is more of a, because, of a, you know, I think in different cultures, we pay attention more to aging populations. But I do feel like that we have to, um, where was I going with that? It's, it's the, you know, not taking it for granted, but also not assuming that just because we're aging, we should just throw in the towel. <laughs> Us, you know, if we're invisible to other people, then we don't matter, but we do matter. And, and it doesn't matter our age, but um, that's, that's amazing that these gentlemen kept it up and they didn't take it for granted and they kept moving. And that was their common thread. That was, that Absolutely. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's so true is they, they really, they didn't take it for granted. And they also, 
didn't have, at least by the time I was working with them, when they were 70, they, they didn't have a major self-esteem problem about the fact that they were no longer quote unquote elite, right? And I think that that's a problem that we see with some athletes now where if they're not the best, then they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the message at all, right? Like that's, that's the wrong headed approach to this. It's doing it is the best, right? Doing it at any level. And, you know, I mean, on the other hand, it's not just you get a trophy for participating per se. It's you keep doing what you want to do. And you don't worry about comparing that to others or comparing it to your prior self, right? Like don't compare your 50-year-old self to your 20-year-old self. Mm -hmm. That's not what matters. What matters is that you are still doing something that you enjoy. And this might seem like, oh yeah, like, isn't that cute? Isn't that nice? Like, I don't think it matters for me when I'm 30. But I can tell you from research experience, it will matter when you're 70. And so I think this, this topic is, is not only about, you know, making sure that our seniors have a wonderful community around them. It's being proactive in the way we think about our own aging. And don't think that you can ignore this and it'll just all turn out to be fine when you're 70. It won't. You need to be planning now for what you're going to do later. Yeah, I agree. And here's the thing. I think that a lot of times you know, it's interesting. Like, um, I remember my mom had about a skin cancer and, and she, I remember she came home and was telling me about it and said, you know, I told him, um, I always wear sunscreen, blah, blah, blah. And, and the doctor probed and asked more questions. And my mom at the time had grown up on a farm and he's like, oh no, 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 no. This started years ago. Like this started with the decisions that you made as a kid before we even talked about sunscreen or any of these other things. And I've heard that theme throughout my life, all these different things like cognitive health, physical health. This starts when you're so young and you're taking it for granted that it's always going to be this good or this easy. And so, you know, all the decisions that we make when we're young, they're cumulative. We don't just wake up one day and become this older version of ourselves. And all those earlier decisions didn't have any interplay into how we're living our lives now. So you're right. Right. I, I hear your theme, Sarah, is to, to talk as much to the younger people as to the older people and say, hey, you know what? You're getting older, too. <laughs> Even if you're yeah. only 21, you're getting older, too. In these decisions, they're going to matter when you're 51 and 61. So absolutely. Honestly, I mean, I think when we talk about aging, you might say we're talking more to the younger people because they have the potential to influence their aging, right? And of course, everyone has the potential to influence the years ahead of them. But if you are 80 years old, you know, you've already had a lot of aging going on that maybe you didn't appropriately influence. But if you're 30, you have the opportunity to influence your aging so much. And I don't think people think about that. They think about the event that I've signed up for next month. And what I'd really like to say to people is, are you thinking about preventing sarcopenia when you're 50? And people might say, well, when I'm 50, I'm not that old. I said, yes, but if you set in motion a trajectory of a certain rate of aging, it's really hard to reverse that. The older you get, the harder it is to change the course of the ship. So when you're 30, you should really be thinking about what does my nutrition look like to support the maintenance of muscle mass throughout my life. 
what does my fitness routine look like so that I don't get injured? Because injury is another thing that really derails the rate of aging. What is my stress management looking like so that I don't you know, end up as a mess before I make it there, right? Right. Yeah, it's funny. So uh, again, my name is Angie Miller, and this is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm talking to Sarah Everman. She is an assistant professor of, of kinesiology, and she does a lot of research on aging. We're talking about this whole holistic approach. And we're talking to you, you young people, as much as we're talking to people who are in their 50s and 60s, because it's well, the word that comes to mind is sustainability. How sustainable is your lifestyle? And I think that we all need to look in the mirror and say, how sustainable is this, really? Whatever it is that I'm doing at this point in time and how is this going to impact me throughout the aging process. I was just at the Idea World Convention and Elaine LaLanne was there and she introduced the Jack LaLanne Award. Elaine LaLanne is 96 years old and as spunky as they come and they were showing pictures, you know, a little, a few pictures throughout the lifespan. Well, heck yes, she's 96 and still doing well because guess what? She's devoted her whole entire life to doing this. So I don't think, Sarah, that we're saying, well, it's too late if you're 80 or what have you. It's, it's never too late, but it's also so never too early to start thinking about it. What do you think about that concept? It's never too early. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's certainly never too late, right? And there's so many examples that we can look to of seniors like Hurricane Hawkins, who set amazing records in their 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s. Um, but it's definitely never too early. And I think that I think that most 20-somethings live an unsustainable lifestyle. I know I did. I was hard charging, burning the candle at both ends, eating terrible food because I could get away with it, right? I think most 20-somethings do everything they could possibly get away with to their body, essentially. Yes. And you know, that's okay. If they're gonna if they're gonna correct that shift sooner versus later, then they'll be all right. But that's not sustainable. And as soon as the sooner someone get can get into a routine that sets them up for sustainable aging, the better. Yeah, I think so too. In fact, I've been doing my uh, my own fair share of research on that, and that is just something that I'm 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 really into this because I really do think that. And what intrigued me about you, Sarah, is that we need to start talking to the younger population too. You know how what kind of choices are we making? Because again, it doesn't matter if you're 21; you're still aging. <laughs> We're all aging. It's just a fact of life. So, um, you know, Sarah, I really want to thank you for coming on, and and I want to. Uh, kind of leave a message to all the trainers and group fitness people out there. Our job goes beyond the four walls of the gym or beyond the four uh, walls of the Zoom call that you're training your clients. It is having these conversations about how are you managing stress and is there anything I can do to help you with that? Do you have a sense of community? And if you hear that common theme that they do not, what can you do as a trainer or group fitness instructor to build a sense of community? Can you start a Facebook group and invite your seniors in? Can you, I don't know what, we have so many creative trainers and fitness instructors out there, but talk to them about nutrition, talk to them about managing stress, talk to them about sleep, talk to them about community, and talk to them about this holistic approach that it goes well beyond just coming in and moving with you a couple of days a week. So Sarah, is there anything that you want to say before we close up? No, I just want to reiterate what you said, that we are all aging. From the moment we're born, we're aging, and we have tremendous ability to influence our rate of aging. And so we should all keep that in mind and never stop moving.
Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thanks to all of our Strong Mind, Strong Body listeners. Thanks to our app and NASM audience and anyone else tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Yeah.